um, you know, why don't you try maybe, you know, doing an account? And she came up with the name Big Box Vegan. So she pretty much takes all the credit for all of the success of this account because it was her idea. What's up, young entrepreneurs? It is Wyatt, your host of the I Love Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm so glad you have joined us today because we are about to embark on such a great conversation with my new favorite vegan, sorry, SG, my new favorite vegan, Craig. He is so awesome. It's such a fun conversation. We talk about veganism. We talk about vegan versus plant-based, some of those misconceptions, and we talk about growing an Instagram account. He currently almost has 20,000 Instagram followers, and he's grown it through out the time. It's a great conversation, and you are really going to enjoy it. Let's jump right in. You have a kind of a big uh, Instagram uh, for vegan, for uh, what, big box vegan. Box vegan, yes. Well, let's start with why, like when you became vegan, kind of like what your story was to be in mm-hmm. vegan and then go from right. there. Right. Okay. Well, um, I've been vegan for 25 years since 1994. I was vegetarian for years before that. Uh, I lived in England at the time and they were a bit more progressive in terms of vegan options. And because the last stumbling block, which is hard for some vegans is dairy eggs, because there's eggs in a lot of things. Mm-hmm especially 25 years ago. We found it easier to kind of transition at that point only because there were so many more options there. So we figured if there was gonna be any time to jump into it, that would be the time. So jumped into veganism, had a lot of friends who were involved in animal rights at the time there as well. So it was a combination of, yeah, we're gonna be healthier. Um, yes, we love animals. You know, it's kind of like not just really one factor that made the decision to go vegan an easier one, but it was easier because we lived, lived overseas at the time nowadays i mean there there are so many vegan options now there's really not much i can think of there isn't a vegan option back then there was a couple of types of alternative milks vegan cheese was pretty much non-existent you had tofu you had things you could make on your own out of cashews which we did a lot of vegan dairy options just weren't even available at the time you couldn't even get anything so, uh, you know, being vegan for so many years um, led me to at a point where a few years ago, uh, I was not going to be working for um, the company I'd worked for 14 years for, which was Whole Foods Market. So I was the team member at Whole Foods Market for 14 years, and um, my position was made um, redundant. Uh, I was a graphic artist for the company, and they got rid of um, all of the graphic artists um, across the board in the entire organization So, um, who worked at the store level. So at that time, my wife said, hey, you know, why don't you think about starting maybe an Instagram account about, you know, shopping, you know, you know, so much information about, um, you know, vegan goods and in in stores. And, um, you know, why don't you try maybe, you know, doing an account? And she came up with the name Big Box Vegan. So she pretty much takes all the credit for all of the success of this account because it was her idea. So um, I had time on my hands because I had a severance package. So I said, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll see, you know, I'll see what happens. I decided just to basically focus on, you know, vegan products that are in stores that um, a lot of them, you know, that either were new or exciting or things that people have not seen before. I came into it with the goal of helping people who may have been on the fence about transitioning to veganism or maybe just trying out veganism and seeing how it goes for maybe just a couple days a week or a 
because some people find it hard. I know I found it hard to jump in, um, you know, with both feet at the very beginning. So, um, like I said, we kind of weaned things out of our diet um, gradually until we basically eliminated everything that was not vegan. So, um, yeah, so that's how the, how the account started. And I started featuring things. And it was lucky at the time, um, a lot of, I live in Sarasota, Florida, and a lot of um, new retailers were coming into the market, like Earth Fair, Lucky's. We had just had a Trader Joe's that opened. All these stores were opening. Of course, we had the biggest big box, you know, uh, retailers like Walmart, Target. Um, we have the Publix chain of stores, which is a Southern-based chain. So we really had a lot of a lot of stores to choose from in order to feature um, vegan items, um, including Whole Foods Market, where we had a second location open up um, in Sarasota, which is kind of unheard of for the size of our of our city. So yeah, that's basically how it started, and it kind of you know had a slow start. I wasn't really getting um, you know that much engagement and followers at first. I, I knew a, a bit about Instagram and 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 social media in general because I had helped run social media accounts um, for my store at Whole Foods Market for many years. So I had a basic understanding of what it was, but I certainly didn't know what I know now, um, having been doing it for a couple of years as a business account and um, a lot of the, the details involved in running um, an Instagram account. Um, and what really helped me, and I was very fortunate, and it seems about the only way now you can kind of grow to be a bigger account is to have other larger accounts kind of champion you and basically help you along the way by reposting your content because um, that will help you get to a wider audience and have more people follow you and the biggest help to me was veg news magazine um, because even at the very beginning um, they kind of started reposting um, some of my content which helped me gain followers um, so it took about a year to get to 10,000 and we're just coming up to two years. It'll be mid July is the two year mark for my account. And I'm at 18 something right now. So I'm hoping to get to 20 before, before that two year, um, at two years ends. But, um, you know, the biggest help has been, um, I can't, I'm indebted to Veg News Magazine for helping me along the way. They even featured me in their digital media section of the magazine in one of their issues, which I didn't even know about for about a month or so until they kind of told me that they had featured me in there because I don't get the print version. Um, and I often skim through a lot of these things. I don't really read them in depth. So that was my bet. But um, but yeah, they were my biggest help. And that's kind of how the account started. Yeah. And, and did they seek you out or did you seek them out? I think I was starting to post um, hashtags um, or tagging them in my post and um, maybe through certain hashtags they found me. I don't really know how the first interaction happened um, where they reposted one of my photos. You might have to really go back and look and remember. I don't know how, I don't know to be honest. I know I didn't actively seek them out. I didn't actually um, message them or really do anything. It was kind of on their own that they found me and found the account and started to um, repost, which they're good at doing. They repost, um, which a lot of accounts, you know, don't unless it's a completely amazing, beautiful photograph. Um, you know, the aesthetic for some accounts is very important and they will only post um, photos that are a certain caliber. Um, but for Veg News, they would often post, um, you know, not very well lit 
not great photos to their account if the item was new and exciting. I, I think in terms of my aesthetic, I have one of the, um, you know, a, a pretty decent account in terms of my photography style. It's nothing extreme, but I do use, this, you know, um, a focal focus in the background. Um, I have a certain way I shoot the shots. I try to get good lighting. I don't really photo edit them very much other than the filters in Instagram um, when I posted that account. Um, so it could have been that, you know, little bit of an elevated style that they saw with the, with the store products I was posting in the photos that I was using that maybe got their attention. They described my account as bright and colorful. So um, that's something I was definitely going for to make it kind of fun, happy and inviting and trying to get people to see that vegan food is amazing, especially in this time. It's it's unbelievable the amount of choice and the amount of items that are out there that people can actually um, buy. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how um, it basically started. Now I do take a lot of more care in my companion account, which I just started a, a few months back, which is Big Box Vegan Eats, which is basically you know a lot of recipes that I feature on my blog. Um, I've always um, cooked and always, you know, being vegan, especially back in the day, you had to cook a lot for yourself because there just wasn't um, a lot of convenience and prepackaged foods that you could buy. So um, I have a lot of recipes in my arsenal and I felt, well, maybe I could start sharing them in a blog format um, and see what the response is. And it's been, it's been pretty good so far. It's a slow build. You know, it takes a while to build um, an Instagram account, but I do have to take much more care in the photography um, for those recipes and what I feature on that companion account and what I feature on my blog. So um, again, with that type of, with that type of Instagram account where you have basically food photography or food recipes, you, there's a certain aesthetic you do have to have if you do want to get larger accounts to repost or regram your, um, regram your photos. So that way you can gain a bigger audience. So it's kind of like, you know, unfortunate that I, I feel I, I know some people who've been on Instagram. I've been on Instagram a long time personally with a personal account but I know bigger accounts that have been on for a long time that say it didn't used to be that way, that you could gain um, followers much more easily um, than you can now due to their um, often confusing and ever changing, it seems, algorithm that decides um, what followers actually see your content. I understand that, um, especially like that I've been, you know, especially like this, you know, starting this, I mean, it releases, soon i'm super excited about it all this work i've kind of put into it but yeah, congrats thank you thank you um from a what what filter do you use that's my like biggest interest of like what not biggest interest but oh for um well for big box vegan um like i said i don't really use any filters per se i use the um adjustment settings on in the app itself so i'll increase the brightness I'll either increase or remove some of the contrast to give it a little more natural feel. Um, maybe some of the, the warmth, um, you know, I don't really use the saturation too much. I kind of just bump up the warmth a little bit, bump up the highlights and the shadows, sharpen it slightly. Um, sometimes I use that new, I think it's, I think it's called Lux. The Lux, there's a little, um, it's at the top when you're editing your photos yeah. and that seems to add a little bit of more of a richer clarity sometimes to the, to the photos. So that's really all I do for big box vegan. It doesn't take me long. It's kind of embarrassingly easy. Um, kind of what I do. Um, and it, it's funny that I, I put the least amount of effort into those photos that get the most likes and the most interest. And I take so much time and care 
um, into doing the photography for um, my food um, that I create. And, and that gets the least amount of interest and likes so far only because, I mean, it's, it's a new account and it's, uh, it's some, I mean, I've been doing the blog for almost a year now. Um, so I have a lot of recipes on there and it, it's, it's, it's doing better than it's doing better every month. Um, in terms of like people visiting the webpage and, and searching for recipes. I had a, a matzo ball soup recipe that at Passover time, you know, did really, really well. And, and just for all, I don't, I'm not even sure what the full name of the company is, but it's just just because they do everything like just egg or just mayo or just this or whatever. But um, basically they reposted that one and that, that actually did pretty well. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't do a lot of um, filtering and take a lot of time with the, I make sure I get it well lit to begin with in the store. I'll even have to step back to get, cause this lighting in supermarkets is sometimes not great. So you have to kind of like step into a light sometimes or move around to kind of, I'll even bring it to another section because the background's usually going to be blurry. So no one's going to know where I took it in the store just to kind of get some better lighting. But if you start with the basics and make sure you have some good lighting, you know, I do have the latest iPhone. That does help too. Um, it's got three cameras on it. It does tend to make photos a bit um, more, um, you know, crisp and, and, and just better looking overall. So if I have any tips for anybody, you know, starting an Instagram account, you know, make sure that, you know, you kind of have to invest in some technology to make sure you have a good, a good phone that can take decent resolution pictures, get good lighting to begin with. Um, you can do a lot with filters after the fact, but, um, you know, it's a term I've, you know, a phrase I've heard a lot over the years is that, you know, you can't polish a turd. So you can't make something to begin with that doesn't look great, look better often. So you got to start with uh, the raw bones and a good photo to begin with. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like lighting is something you don't think of. Or like if you never, never got into it, or especially... Like I'm not the, really the artsy type, so I'm never, you know, never thinking about lighting, and then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, like oh, that's a big deal. So mm -hmm. it's a big deal. Natural light is a really big deal. And I started when I started my food photography. I didn't have a lot of a lot of natural light in my home, and actually the the window behind me that you can see is my biggest window in my house, and where I where I basically shoot all the food, my food photography now. I used to do it outside in diffused light just because the bright light outside was so much better um to take photos but um but now i've kind of got a a technique down and um with a relatively small investment i do have a um like a white a backdrop that i'll use and um some other little props and things i do have some extra lighting just in case i may need to you know it's a certain time of day and not good light is coming in the window so sometimes there's certain things you, you know, like, but with a minimal investment, you can, you can, and, you know, but basically having a good phone and using, you know, good natural light, you can get some, you can get some really nice photos. And there's so many um, photo presets out there, filter presets for Instagram that'll in one click, you know, make your photos look so much better. Um, I personally use um, Adobe um, Lightroom. Um, so that will, you know, um, give you a lot of fine, fine tuning adjustments that you can use to make sure the photos are kind of what you want to be. Um, but I know a lot of people don't, um, you know, have that, you know, have that available to them, but there are still a lot of other apps, um, either that are free or with a minimal investment that you can get presets that other people have created to take your photography or your photos to the next level. Um, if that's something that's important to you um, in starting a, um, an Instagram account to have a certain aesthetic and a certain look, 
you know, I didn't pay a lot of attention to that at the beginning. Um, the aesthetic of the entire account, I'd always heard, you know, the bigger accounts, you know, that's, that was very important to, um, have a following and to be consistent is to have a consistent aesthetic on your account. And I just kind of with big box vegan didn't really, I just tried to do the best photos I could and post them. And my goal was to really, you know, my goal is to get people to be, I'm sorry, my chihuahua's barking. My goal is to get people to be vegan. So um, I just want to excite them by the new product that's out there or something they may not have tried or something they didn't know was available yet. And, um, you know, to hopefully get people excited about the item itself, and not so much about the aesthetic and the photography and the look of my account. Um, but like I said, I'm kind of shifting gears with the other account and kind of having like, I'm a Gemini, so I have a dual personality. So mm -hmm. I have one side of it, which is, you know, not so great photography. And the other side, I want to, I want to make it really the best I can be. So um, it's been a learning experience for sure. And for anybody jumping into Instagram, um, I would say, you know, do your research, do your homework, um, read a lot about what other people do, how they approach their aesthetic, how they approach their photography, how they approach what they post, how they post, when they post. Um, there's so many metrics involved that um, you have to take a look at. And I'm constantly looking at them and reevaluating kind of what I'm doing. But um, I feel like I, it was blind luck at the beginning. I just kind of had a certain way of doing what I was doing and I kept doing it and I was just consistent about it. And even though I didn't have the best photos or maybe I wasn't posting the best time of day in terms of my followers, I happened to luck out and, um, and, and get, get people following me. And like I said, with the help of some larger accounts. So, um, it's, you know, I, it, I don't know if I knowing what I know now <laughs> back then, if I would have started this whole journey, but, um, I feel like I'm in it now. And um, with having a blog now, and then I started the YouTube um, videos, which is a, is a whole nother learning curve, which whew, I hope I get better at that because right now my videos are not, are not so great. So I have, to, I have to kind of bump myself up to the next level in terms of my video skills and production um, to kind of uh, to be on there. I'm not even sure if it's really worth it at this point to, 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 be, on, to be on YouTube, um, but uh, I just thought it'd be something fun to try and something different to challenge myself. So you could definitely make this into like a full-time and people do full-time, you know, job and career. I mean, I have a full-time job. I'm a full-time graphic designer. So, you know, I, I'm working 40 hours a week and then I have to, uh, you know, find time to do all these, the social media that I'm doing. So definitely takes up a big chunk of your personal life. So you have to kind of be willing to, you know, Got to kind of be willing to 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 go in and make sure that you're you know making a few sacrifices to make it happen. I think that's you know kind of a cool story of like oh you you know you're working and you're doing this on the side but you're having a lot of fun so it is fun. I wouldn't do it if I didn't have fun. Exactly. I mean, I didn't come into it thinking that I would get more than a few thousand followers at any given time. I never thought I it would grow. Um, you know, it's funny because everyone says, you know, oh, you have such a, you know, huge account. It's so big. It's so big. And it, it's all relative. So there's so many different levels of, um, of, uh, followers and, and, and niche accounts and what's, you know, deemed to be, you know, kind of like a big account. So, uh, you know, to me now, I don't, you know, in my personal view, like a lot of the accounts that I feel like I'm similar size, 
um, you know, where everyone's kind of trying, you're always trying to get to that next level. So somebody who has 20,000 followers wants 50 and the 50 person wants a hundred and the hundred person wants 500,000. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a never ending cycle. I don't think anyone's ever satisfied and are saying, Oh great. I'm at this level now. And that's, I'm perfectly fine with that. I realistically only wanted to get to 20,000 because that was kind of the minimum amount of followers you needed to have as micro influencer in order to get into some trade shows. Um, there are a couple big natural food trade shows um, in the US that I want to attend. Um, and to do that as an influencer, you have to have a minimum amount of followers. So um, normally it's 20,000. So I'm not there yet. Um, but that was my goal and that, that's where I wanted to be just so I could do that and make some more connections, meet more people, meet more brands and kind of help, um, help them because I feel like my account is a good fit um, for brands, either launching new products or trying to get products out there for, um, into the um, eyes of vegans um, who, who may not know they're even available. Um, I think that if, I think brands know now that it's difficult to do it on your own. Um, you need to partner um, with other micro influencers who have niche, um, you know, followers that, you know, can get, you know, you exposure <clears throat> in a way that you may not be able to do on your own. So that that's kind of been my goal to get to 20. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting there slowly. I don't, you know, I don't pile on the followers every week. I, you know, you, it's kind of a constant gain. 30 you lose 10 um kind of on instagram that's just kind of how it works um there's a lot of people out there who just follow to unfollow so you kind of have to know that going in and can't get too depressed about it even though it can kind of get annoying where you start um losing some of your follower account for for what for reasons you don't even understand uh, so, I just, anyway i just followed so i didn't realize <laughs> i realized I, I wasn't following but i just followed so you're you're one Thank person you. closer Yay, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. <laughs> You're one person closer. Um, is Yeah, so you answered, I had two questions that came to mind. You answered the first question of, you know, what to do as, you know, someone's starting Instagram. And my other question is, uh, kind of to like, what is the difference, or is there a difference between like, say, plant-based and being vegan? Sure, there is, and there's a lot of confusion. I wrote a whole um, blog post about um, uh, plant-based versus veganism because um, a lot of people kind of get confused, especially when you're starting out. Um, I know over the years, like I said, I've been vegan a very long time, and there's still some things I find out or I'm surprised to learn. Um, it was a few years ago, I think, when I posted something that had um, confectioner's glaze in it that I didn't realize that was a byproduct of insects that it's made, um, you know, because vegans, um, that gets into the point of what is veganism versus plant-based versus flexitarian versus, you know, all the other kind of subgenres of uh, food uh, eating that people, you know, subscribe to. Um, veganism, um, most consider it to be, you know, more of a lifestyle um, than a diet. So, um, you know, you could definitely eat vegan. Um, but if you still are wearing leather, if you're still using down pillows, um, if you're still wearing wool, uh, these are things that ethical vegans don't consider, um, to be ethical because it exploits animals in some way. So it's more than the actual diet and the actual nutrition of the diet. It's more of a lifestyle and vegans, 
you know, don't uh, true people who consider themselves true ethical vegans um, don't eat honey. Um, they avoid anything that's, um, you know, made from animals um, that or uses or exploits animals in any way. And plant-based would mean um, that you're not even maybe giving up all meat. You may be 90% um, eating only vegetable or vegetable-based foods. And occasionally you might have some meat or some dairy in your diet. Um, I have some friends who identify as plant-based because they they just don't want to say that they'll never eat meat again or they'll never eat cheese again. And it's more diet based for them and less ethical based for them. And that's how they choose to describe themselves. But plant-based is normally referred to um, as a dietary choice and not so much as a lifestyle choice. So from what my years of understanding, the differences between them and I, I, I have researched it you know, quite a bit. Um, those are the main differences, I think, between them. So some people fear the word vegan. Um, I know there's a few companies out there that don't even like to label their products vegan, even though they are, they like to only call them plant-based. Um, and then there's some things, there's rules and regulations from the USDA and things that you just can't, um, you know, you can't, like ice cream can only be named called non-dairy. It can't be called vegan. Um, you have to include non-dairy on it. Um, there's some sort of um, law or regulation to that. Some manufacturers will put vegan on the packaging, but they're not um, allowed to say it's just solely vegan ice cream. Um, it has to be called non-dairy, um, non-dairy ice cream. Um, so, you know, there's just some things here and there that, you know, people play with the verbiage and the words um, and some hope to reach a wider audience by calling things plant-based versus calling them vegan. Um, because sometimes the word vegan can kind of, um, I, I don't know why people feel this way, but they feel like it can, it can kind of, you know, um, mean activism and that, um, you're, you know, you know, protesting the use of, um, you know, the exploitation of animals, which is a part of veganism. And there are certainly many vegan activists, um, out there, um, who are, who are bringing to light, um, you know, what's going on um, with factory farming in, in the world and um, how it's contributing to climate change. And it's a whole other side of it, but it's all encompassed um, in veganism. And I, I, I don't know, have the answers as to why some people shy away from, from the term, but I've known a few manufacturers for sure um, who don't call their products vegan. And oftentimes some things like as simple as sugar too, like you wouldn't think that sugar can't be vegan, but some sugars go through a bone char um, filtering process and the bones are from, from cows or from, from animals um, that helps keep the sugar white. And some of it is so mixed um, from different manufacturers before it's sold off that even though it could potentially very well be vegan and not have used this process, it gets mixed and sold that you're never really sure. So if a product just says it has sugar, unless it's organic, um, or because organic prohibits the use of the bone char process, or unless it's another type of sugar where you know um, it has not gone through that process. Some people don't consider um, sugar to be vegan. Some people don't consider palm oil to be vegan. The actual product itself doesn't contain any animal derivatives, but it contributes to um, you know deforestation and and you know um, um, populations of animals being displaced. 
So they don't consider that ethically to be vegan and will avoid palm oil on any products where it's so pervasive. It's in so many things. And it's one of the most hot button topics on my account. I don't not, I do not not post things that have these ingredients in them. Um, because like I said, I'm trying to reach a wider audience of people and trying to cast a bigger net to try to get people into veganism that I don't want to um, scare anybody off by the fact that they're now, well, I can't eat something that has sugar in it. I can't eat an Oreo because Oreos have palm oil and technically I don't know if the sugar is actually vegan. So that's not a vegan product. Um, you know, there's a, there's sort of a gray area in veganism in terms of food. Um, where some people will definitely take a hard line and not eat those products. And some people, um, you know, allow them in their diets. So I know it's kind of a roundabout way of getting to the answer. Versus hey, vegan, but I, hope, I hope I got there. I'm learning <laughs> a lot. My goodness. Good. Mine just, <laughs> I just feel like I just put my face in front of a water hose and just, <laughs> Okay. Um, what would you say to someone who's starting out and being vegan? Yeah, I mean, I think I would, I always say to people like, well, what's your favorite foods? What, what would be the foods you would miss going vegan or think that you would miss becoming vegan? A lot of, for a lot of people it was burgers, it was cheese. Um, but there's so many cheeses and, and, and burger alternatives out there, meat alternatives in general. Um, that most people, when they try them, I mean, listen, I had a friend who was such a diehard meat eater. We used to make fun of his love for bacon. And um, it was um, constant memes on Facebook about his love of bacon. And, and, and then he watched the film Game Changers and pretty much went plant-based overnight. Um, adores Impossible and Beyond Burgers. Um, thinks they taste better than meat now. Um, you know, it, he was, if I had to pick one of my friends out of all of them who I thought may go, you know, the plant-based route, I never would have chosen him because yeah, he was such a diehard meat eater, um, you know, bought his own smokers to smoke his own meat and would, you know, bring it to parties and, and you know, and, and it, it, he was so far to that edge, I never thought he would ever go to the other side and he has. Um, and he doesn't feel like he misses anything. So I feel like it's the things that people feel they might miss. Um, and then when you can show them that you're not going to really miss much when you try these products. Um, some people, it's not, not for everybody. Some people don't like them. Even within all of the new plant-based burgers, there is such um, a, amount of difference into what people term, you know, is good or delicious to them. Some people hate the taste of certain burgers over other loved ones over others some vegans don't even want anything resembling meat they don't want any meat um products they feel like why I'm, I'm vegan why and that's one of the biggest things people ask why would you want to eat something that's like meat if you're vegan and the fact is so many people have grown up eating meat and been raised on it and um it's and the taste of meat a lot of times comes from the seasonings and flavorings you put in it and you know which are plant-based um quite often and um, it's the texture and, you know, some people just love tofu and tempeh as well. There's so many, and seitan, there's so many different meat alternatives that aren't like the new, um, the new fangled, you know, plant-based meats that are like being developed in labs um, in, across the world. Um, but at this point in 2020, there's pretty much something for everybody. I, I, 
I, like I said, I find it hard to find a product or an item that people are so used to eating that you probably can't find vegan and a good vegan alternative for it, something that really tastes good that you're not going to miss um, what you think you're going to miss. What would be like your top go-to um, snacks for a new part, like brand snacks, whatever? Mm. Yeah. You don't have to. Do, you don't have to do brands because I don't. You know, I know. I don't know if you're going to get you know paid by. But whatever. No, kinda. no, I'm not gonna. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's certain brands out there that are you know like so tied to like you know Oreos or so like you know. I mean, everybody. You know, a lot of people make sandwich creams, but even people who look at one in a store, that's another brand they call it an Oreo, just because that's it's just become so synonymous with the type of cookie that it is. Um, but. Uh, you know, there, there's so many, there's a lot of sites out there, the bigger um, magazines and bigger vegan lifestyle accounts like Veg News and Live Kindly and Thrive Mags and um, Veg Out. Um, all of those usually have like, like a roundup of the best vegan snacks and treats. And it just kind of depends what you like. Some people like salty things, some people like sweet things, some people like crunchy things, some people like soft things, some people like, you know, die for vegan ice cream. And there's, I, I can't tell you like, I don't even remember what types of, um, except for rice dream. And there may have been maybe one other vegan ice cream, like Tofuti. I think that may have been the only other brand, um, that was available when I became vegan to now that there's like a thousand vegan ice creams available in any flavor combination you could even want, um, that you could find on, on, on store shelves. And it's, it's crazy to me now that, now that I shop so many different stores for vegan items that um, a lot of the brands don't sell the same things to every store. Um, so you, you may find certain flavors of ice cream at one store and then find in the same brand, three other flavors you didn't even know existed yeah. in another store because they're selling their assortment and they're breaking it up between retailers. Um, and sometimes they have an exclusive on something or, or they just have a bigger, wider assortment and more room on their shelves. But I, I never thought that I would have to maybe shop at five or six stores to kind of find everything that I wanted to find. Um, and there definitely are stores that have wider assortments than others. But I've definitely found lately there are certain brands um, that are only carried in certain stores. And, um, you know, you kind of have to look around. But vegan ice cream has definitely become in incredibly, like, unbelievably explosive in the last few years in terms of the type of variety as long as as well as all the vegan meats um in terms of snacks now there's even vegan pork rinds and there's like not just one brand there's like two or three brands that make that make these and um that's the thing that i'm finding more and more now that it's there's competition i think people have have seen that veganism is the future um it's going to explode and only get bigger um, it's going to be billions and billions of dollars in terms of revenue for companies um, going forward where companies that are um, basically known just for their um, non-vegan products are now jumping into the vegan pool to try to get a piece of that pie. And it only kind of makes everybody work harder to make their products better um, because in the years past, you may have only had one option and that was it. You know, that's what you got. You got it's crappy vegan cheese and that's all enjoy. And then if it was terrible and you didn't like it, well then you're not going to have any vegan cheese. Cause you know what? That's the only one there is. Now there's like 60 different varieties and you could basically have everything from mature cheddar 
to, to um, like, you know, a smoked mozzarella. I mean, it's just unbelievable the amount of choice that's available now. Um, so I, I, in terms of treats, I, there, there's just so much out there that it depends like kind of what you like, but I guarantee anything that you like and enjoy, you're going to be able to find vegan and find a really, really good, uh, vegan version of it. So you talked about the ice cream and so I went paleo for about four or five months mm -hmm. and I try to stay paleo, but I really have a hard time looking like for some of the most, some of the vegan ice cream I've had hasn't been the favorite. So like what are kind of the top brands for that? Oh, well, um, have you tried the Ben and Jerry's vegan ice creams? I have not. The, the, yeah. The Ben and Jerry's are pretty, are pretty incredible. They, I mean, they, they have the best, I think, mouthfeel um, in terms of like regular ice cream out there. There's a lot of others that are really, really good. Not a moo is another favorite of mine. Um, their birthday cake um, ice cream is incredible. Um, and their coconut um, milk base. So they're super creamy. Um, yeah, I, I, there's, there's a lot of, there's a cool house is another very, very creamy premium brand um, that they, they do vegan and non-vegan ice creams. Um, and there's some store brands that are really good too. Um, you know, Whole Foods Market has their own store brand. Sprouts has their own store brand. Um, Publix has just launched, um, you know, a, a couple of vegan ice cream flavors under their own store brand. Now, a lot of the times these products are made by the manufacturer that makes, you know, that sells their own products on the shelves. So they're kind of like, it's a behind the scenes, especially with um, stores like Trader Joe's that are 90% um, uh, private label. Um, they, 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 don't, they don't have a factory making all of these products for their stores. They outsource these to the uh, oftentimes the same vendor who's making them um, under their own packaging for regular retail. Um, and they may put a spin on it with a different flavor or slightly tweak the recipe somehow. But, um, but there's no doubt a lot of the times I can tell like who's making the certain product unsold under the private label for that store, just because I know that company's product really well. And there's clues. Sometimes you could see where it's made, um, how it's made, what the ingredients are, if they match the other ones. So, you can oftentimes get things that are less expensive and the same quality. Um, but in terms of like, you know, the dairy and the ice creams, um, there's like, I mean, and I did a whole article on my blog about vegan creamers because there's like literally like a hundred out there in the last couple of years that are incredibly, unbelievably good. And there's so much var variation in terms of the type of milks um, that are used to make these products. It's just like, you can literally go down a rabbit hole for, and I can see why it could be intimidating for a lot of people to jump into veganism because they don't know what they're going to like at first. And, and people have this perception that it's super expensive and you're going to spend a lot of money. And what if I don't know if I like hemp milk or oat milk or almond milk or soy milk or cashew milk or protein blend? No, what I don't know. And what am I going to spend $200 to find out what milk I like the best? But, um, you know, I've had 25 years of going through this to know what I like, but I can tell from some people starting to, to eat, um, you know, a plant-based or vegan that it can be intimidating. And that's why I hope my account helps them to show them the variety that's out there. I don't do a lot of product reviews only because I found um, just by reading the posts and comments on, on my posts, 
um, that, you know, it's such an individual taste. Like one person will say, this is the best thing ever. And the next post will say, this tasted like crap. It was the worst. I couldn't even get one bite down. So it's just like, everybody's different. Everybody likes different things. And what I like may not be what you like or what anybody else likes. So, and that goes like food in general, but um, it's just so funny. Like I just posted a, a vegan um, mac and cheese and the comments literally one after the other was, this is great. This sucks. Um, it, <laughs> you know, so it's just so hard to know, like, you know, what somebody's going to consider to be, you know, good, especially if you're coming off of eating um, products that you're used to eating your whole life. Um, so you may have a different um, impression of what it tastes like versus somebody who hasn't eaten it for 25 years and what I remember it tasting like and how I feel it tastes. So um, it's unfortunately a lot of trial and error. You're going to have to eat a lot of boohoo. You're going to have to eat a, eat a lot of vegan ice cream before you uh, decide which one is your favorite. <laughs> yeah, maybe I've only, maybe it's because I've only tried a, a few of those and not the ones you tried. So definitely going to try right. some Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, I feel like for a lot of people, that's like the, the gold standard. Um, you know, uh, Veggie's often does like a best of um, issue every year and they have um, like, you know, like the top and then a couple runners up of what they feel are the best of the best in terms of like, you know, all these kind of things like ice cream and burgers and blah, blah, blah. So it's a good place to start if you want to see kind of like what is considered like out there because people vote on these. They send out like um, polls and people actually vote. So it's like a reader's choice kind of thing. Um, and you can kind of get started there to kind of see like, oh, all right, well, everybody likes this brand of thing. Maybe I'll try it. But again, like I said, everyone's tastes are so different. And some people are just like, that tastes like plastic to me. I can't eat it. And some people are like, that's the best thing ever. So you just never know. And you post uh, are on, you blog, what, every other day it kind of looks like from your blogs? Uh, from my blog, no. Um, I, I would say if I do one to two, um, recipe blog posts um, a week that's a lot for me um, I, I have about hmm, I don't know maybe 40 maybe I haven't counted them recipes um, on my blog now so um, having just started this new account I used to post it on Big Box Vegan and I didn't really feel like it was the right place for them people really weren't coming to that account for that kind of content so um, that's why I kind of split off the account into Big Box Vegan Eats, where I'm not going to feature just recipes. I might feature something I ate for dinner the night before, not really a recipe, or I went to a restaurant, I want to show you, or I went on vacation and want to show you what I ate on vacation. So I feel like that account's going to encompass like things that I eat, um, you know, not just recipes, although I do want that to be the main focus. So I don't blog post um, as much as I probably should, just because I'm so busy running the main account. But um, I generally try at least once a week to do a recipe post. And now that we've all been home and quarantined, um, it's kind of been a little easier to kind of find the time to, you know, whatever we're going to plan to cook for the week, I can kind of build a recipe post perhaps a, a, a around that. So. All right. Well, I have five rapid fire questions all right, um, to kind of wrap up. Um, number one, who's the most influential person in your life? In my life? Um, influence on me personally will have to be my wife. I mean, she controls everything I do. Just kidding. But <laughs> hey, she came up with the name Big Box Vegan. I owe everything to her. So if that's not, you know, 
influential. I don't know what is. Yes. Um, all right. Favorite book. Favorite book. Hmm. That's a tough one. See, I don't read a lot of fiction. Um, I used to growing up. Obviously, you know, in school you have to read. Um, I like. I prefer nonfiction. Um, I have to say, the last book I read was probably. Um, for a band that I love, and it was kind of a biography about the band Guided by Voices. I think it was How Closer You Are, it's about Robert Pollard. So I like nonfiction or biographies. That's generally what I tend to read. So um, I don't know if I have a favorite because I don't, like I said, I don't read that much. I, I, you know, I'm kind of so preoccupied. Like, you know, if I get to read a magazine or something, that's kind of a luxury because I'm so busy usually. I'm reading a lot online, so um, books. I, I always say, I, I want to read more, I want to read more, and um, I just never seem to get around to finding that, carving out that time to sit down with a good book. Figured I'll read when I'm retired, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, what time do you wake up at? I usually wake up at 6.30 every morning, and I'm usually posting on Big Box Vegan by 7 a.m. So I'll usually try to figure out, um, unless it's a new product that I, just found and I only post once a day that's another thing I don't do multiple posts a day so um, I wake up you know that around that time um, and then usually post by seven and that's it that's my one post of the day and then I'll generally post on big box vegan eats maybe 10 or 11 a.m. If I, if I even have a post that day some days I don't post on that account um, because recipe recipe content development is really hard for accounts so I, I uh, kudos to the accounts that have that can post every day or multiple times a day with recipe posts because I certainly cannot. I don't have that kind of catalog and um, I don't have time to be making up a recipe every day and creating a blog post for it and photo editing and posting it and doing all of that every single day. The accounts that can do that um, are truly, I, I don't know if they have real, real regular jobs. I don't know if they could because I feel like that's a full-time job in and of itself. But, um, but yeah, so I generally tend to get up I know I'm going around about in these questions, but I tend to right. about six thirty. That's awesome. What song? What song do you love? What's your jam right now? Oh, um, gosh. Uh, I, I'm an alternative music fan. I am a, a musician as well. Um, I've been in a lot of bands. Um, that's why I lived in England back in the day in '94 because my I had a, my band was actually signed to a record deal um, with Chrysalis Records in the UK. So I am a big music snob, um, although I am an indie rock kind of like, you know, uh, kind of guy. So I'll listen to like, you know, Alternative Nation or XMU on, on Sirius XM. And um, they even don't play the a lot of the songs that I like. But um, I, I like a lot of the current bands that I like are um, bands like Daywave and Hazel English and um, more kind of like, you know, shoegazery. Um, type of, um, you know, modern, modern pop bands. But, um, you know, I, I generally tend a lot to go a lot back to classic indie rock from the 90s and early 2000s. So I can't say that there's, even though I watched like all those shows like Songland, cause you know, yeah. I just love that kind of stuff. But like there was somebody on last night and I was like, I don't know who the hell this artist even is. And then they played a commercial with her and I was like, oh yeah, she's the chick in that commercial. I couldn't name the song she sang. So I, I don't really know a lot of, popular pop, you know, artists that are like, you know, super crazy popular, even though I know of them. I don't really, you know, I, I probably would know their songs if I heard it, but I don't really, you know. So in terms of a current jam, I, 
you know, every song tends to sound the same to me on Alt Nation. I feel like every band is kind of like, this could be that band or that band or the other band. But I do like the new Killers um, songs that I've heard so far. So that's something. Yeah. All right, last question. What is your favorite exercise? Uh, I run. Uh, I don't know if it's my favorite, but um, we've been on a running streak, running every distance since we've been working from home. Um, we kind of are almost on like a two month now of running every day, um, not far, maybe a couple miles um, every day. Um, I've done a bunch of, uh, you know, half marathons in my, my lifetime and they take a lot of training, especially when you live in Florida. Um, often you have to train during the summer um, for fall races, which can be brutal. So brutal. Oh, so, um, yeah, but I don't love running, but I feel like I need to do some sort of exercise daily. Um, so, and I love yoga. Um, I do yoga, um, although we haven't really done it. It's hard to do yoga at home. I, I, I really admire the people who can just kind of like throw out a mat and start doing poses. I need a teacher. I need somebody like in front of me showing me what to do and telling me what to do. So I do enjoy that. But in terms of what I do the most is running, but I wouldn't say Man, you know, this, there's not enough time because, man, I have so many more questions, but, you know. We'll have to, we'll have to do a part two, maybe. At some no. Point. Yeah, I, hey, I'm following you now, so I'm going to keep up and, you know, All I right. can't wait. I, I hope this becomes a good little friendship and I I hope you hit your 20,000 soon. I hope so. Oh, by the way, I'm wearing an awesome t-shirt from Na Dogs in St. Pete, um, Florida, and they're a vegan hot dog cart, um, and they do um, the most amazing vegan hot dogs. But anyway, the proceeds from this shirt go to a, a shelter farm sanctuary, so it was a kind of a fundraiser for them. I just thought I'd mention it, So um, because it's always good to support um, yeah. farm sanctuaries and, and places that um, you know abused or neglected animals can go and live out their days. Um, in peace and harmony because we're all just trying to we're all just trying to to um to have more peace in the world in terms of veganism and i think that's mainly the goal is, is less brutality and more peace for the world yeah all right thank you again and thank you very much wyatt i still have no idea like, i i really i truly did enjoy this conversation i had no idea where i was gonna go which i love that <laughs> and you know i i'm i'm excited but and i'll let you you know, I'll let you know when the, it goes up. And All right. Um, sounds good. Yep. And let me know how you like the Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I will. I'm, I'll probably go. I'll probably do it this weekend. So for oh, sure. Oh, they have a new one. It's called Netflix and Chilled. And it's like a peanut butter with pretzels. And oh, man, it's so good. That's a good one. Bet. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye.